We gotta start this list out by telling the community that I'm gonna be hunting for a book on this list. They've been warned. I've already got two copies of the book that we're gonna talk about, so Tom's gotta catch up to some of us. I have two and a nine eight as well. Like and subscribe to find out what we're talking about. We do this every single week and have for almost six years. And no surprise, starting out the list strong at number 10 with Shazam number seven, a one in 25 variant by none other than one of the strongest cover artists of our time. We have David Nakayama. This right here is a beautiful cover. And he's been pumping out these almost negative space style covers for quite some time. It's picked up a lot of steam. And by the end of 2023, he was top dog, and he's starting out January 2024, right? If you're following him over on Instagram, he just posted his top 20 things from the last year. And notice I say things because they're not all covers. One of them is the Marvel covers of David Nakayama book, which will be released by Clover Press. They had a massive Kickstarter a few months ago. I bought multiple copies. They will be available at my store and many others. This is a great collection of a ton of the best art that he has done over the last decade for Marvel. Mary Marvel on the cover, $35 average sales on an incentive ratio variant. I cannot stress enough. It's seldom that incentive ratios are going for even incentive costs, let alone above. Follow David Nakayama over on Instagram. Clearly his fan base is growing because he keeps hitting home run after home run. Next on the list at number nine, we have Kid Venom Origins number one. This was a secret variant, one per store. Or was it? Technically, it's a one-per-store variant, but a couple of years ago at this point, I think Marvel broke off from Diamond Distribution and started distributing books also through Penguin. So some stores, depending on whether or not you order Marvel through Diamond and or Penguin, you may get one or two copies of a one-per-store variant like this. So it might not be as rare as you might think. This is hitting $30 average sales, however, and this was a new character that came out last year, but the story was debuted in a backup. So a lot of people didn't get it. A lot of people aren't familiar with this new symbiote. Well, they compiled that narrative and they released it over this last week. It's very helpful. Yeah, I'm, I'm one of the people who did not read Death of Venomverse and all of these origin pieces of Kid Venom's story were told in backup stories in those issues. So yeah, collecting all of those in a one shot does make sense. Kid Venom gets his own solo series starting in April. He's also very manga-influenced, which I think is something that Marvel's picking up on, which is why their focus this year is clearly on this new symbiote. Where last year, Spider-Boy was all the rage, clearly the most exciting character that they released, which is why they were putting that pedal to the metal with that character. We're here at number eight with something I personally have not seen before on one of these trending 10 lists. This is Beneath the Trees Where Nobody Sees, issue number two from late last year. We're seeing $12 average sales for this book. And again, it's an issue number two. This is not the first issue. That's right, Ryan. And number two is kind of tough to see on this list because we've been talking about number one for the last two months, but it is a 122% increase in copies sold this week, mostly because so many people are finally catching up. It's going to be a six-issue miniseries, and people who haven't added it to their pull list already are going to be adding issue number three and four, so they have to buy a second print of number one, and they're going to have to go out and seek for a number two or wait until number two gets a second print before they're able to even read the story. Congrats has to go out to the writer and artist of this book, Patrick Horvath, for a stellar debut of an independent series that's not option, but it's clearly taken the community by storm and clearly the publishers by storm because they believe in it so much that they're going to take the collected edition, the graphic novel of six issues, and they're going to distribute it not just to LCSs across the country. No, they're going mainstream with it. You're going to be able to pick this up at like Walmart. Next on the list, at number seven, 
is a book that I'm officially hunting for hard. And you're going to have to keep up with me on the con floor because it shouldn't be selling for what it's going for. Department of Truth, number one. This book is hitting $15 average sales. Is this right? 9.8. $35. What the hell? We need to shut this video down right now and Should go just, to eBay. Just like, go right that now? $35 is stupid low. I paid $50 for two of these in a 9.8. I got two of them sitting in a drawer in my room just waiting for something. I don't know. This and is, you're not even complaining. I don't spec. I don't invest. I don't buy stuff like that. I have so much faith in this title specifically that I tracked down two 9.8s last year, like maybe two years ago at this point, and I paid 50 bucks a piece for them. So. They were selling for over $200 at the peak, and I don't think that was bad considering James T. was writing it, considering that all of the stuff that was happening with Something is Killing the Children, like really Department of Truth was supposed to be the next big hit. It's still a great book. It's still a great read, and this is criminally underpriced. We heard back in 2020 that there was bidding wars behind the option status of this book. Then in 2021, it was picked up. We had writer strikes, you know, actor strikes, things delayed. But you know what? I still think it's going to happen. And the books are getting so low that I'm not just specking and looking for nine eights of various cover A's. I'm looking at not just cover B's. I'm looking for retailer variants. I'm looking for everything Department of Truth because this right here made it on the Nick's Picks, which is a list over on Key Collector Comics that is highlighted by the app for books that just seem great potential. And I can't agree more. I got that alert for Nick's Picks the other day, and I saw this book on there and almost had a heart attack. We're seeing a 122% increase in copies sold because a lot of people are just picking this book up. The price is too low. The story is just too cool. It's a crazy, cool conspiracy theory, kind of political thriller, just espionage, gritty, dark. It's got Martin Simmons artwork on the inside. It's beautiful. And hopefully when they're done writing uh, this Dracula book that they're currently working on for Skybound, they're supposed to go back and bring us a new run of Department of Truth because we had not had a new issue in this book for a year and a half. Get access to Nick's picks. Get access to the Trending 20, the larger list we source these 10 books from. Get access to the Hot 10. Support the show by using code TOM101 and get yourself a free two-week subscription of the app. This right here is the best comic app for you to up your hunt in your comic collecting game. It's called Key Collector Comics. Do it for the key alerts alone. Whenever there's news, you get notified. And that's when comics begin to move. Number six on the list, a boom book. But not the one you're thinking about. And not that one either. We are going all the way back to 2009, some early boom here. Die Hard, year one, number one from 2009. From what we can tell, the first appearance of John McClane in a comic book, $3 average sales, but moving very quickly. We have a 380% increase in copies sold on the fact that there are rumors this week that we are going to be getting a Die Hard prequel that should show a younger version of John McClane. How did it take till 2009 for such a classic movie, which I think came out in the 80s, to debut in a comic book? Ridiculous. Shout out to Boom for making that happen. I love Die Hard. I'm excited to see more Die Hard. I just am not excited to see it right now. With Bruce Willis's retirement, the struggles that he's dealing with right now, it's such a sad thing. I think the IP should be left alone. This comic is just tricky all around. We couldn't find any information on GPA, on CGC, on any slab information on this one. That's why we don't have any high recent sales for this book. You do want to keep an eye out for the 1 in 25 variant, though, for this book. There is a very cool, memorable quote from the movie on the cover, which I quite like. 
This isn't even the first time they've tried to adapt this comic into a storyline before, too. So if you find one, it's probably worth picking up, even especially if it's $3. Yippee Kaye at number five, we have Daredevil number nine. And you made a really good point earlier when we were planning and like scripting this video. Mm -hmm. This is the first appearance of Echo. It's going for $80 average sales, but CGC 9.8s are down from its heights of $1,000 in 2021 to 200 bucks. You can get a Todd McFarlane Spider-Man number one, 9.8 for $200 right now. And if you compare the two, as far as like keyworthiness and spec potential, mm -hmm. this book, this David Mack brilliant next-gen key is so much more attractive to me to purchase at that amount than the overprinted, multi-covered, although awesome, Spider-Man number one. As one of the few Marvel projects we're going to get this year, it's kind of unfortunate that we got all episodes of Echo all right here at the beginning of the year. It just dropped a few days ago. I haven't gotten to it yet. I don't know if either of you guys have yet. I'm excited. I've heard literally mixed reviews. I've had a lot of my friends say they really loved it, and I've heard from some other people say that it was it was okay. It was just fine. No spoilers. Let us know in the comment section, though, how you felt about the debut of Echo, even if you've only watched one episode. I'm looking forward to it, though. I, I can't lie. Those trailers, those trailers for it, they really won me over in the in the home stretch of the lead up into the debut of this show. We are seeing a 186% increase in copies sold. All of these sales took place before the show even came out, too. So it'll be interesting to see what happens next week. Did you see the red carpet premiere? They had, obviously, Vincent D'Onofrio and all the fellow cast members, but also creator of Echo, David Mack was there, no surprise, but there's a amazing video of Vincent D'Onofrio giving so much love to David Mack, uplifting him, and it's so special to see because it's rare to see the mainstream give the credit to comic creators that is really long overdue. Yeah, it's pretty rare to see the creators get the spotlight on a red carpet situation like that and to, and to see Vincent D'Onofrio go out of his way to do that especially really really kind of made me feel warm and fuzzy on the inside. I'm, I'm very excited to sit down and actually watch this show. I just got to make time for it. Oh, and then we also have to talk about the back and forth just waffling of Disney trying to decide if the Netflix era counts or not. Did you happen to see the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe official timeline over on Disney Plus? It now happens to include Daredevil and Luke Cage and Jessica Jones and everyone's favorite, The Defenders. Did I think something happens in Echo? I haven't seen it. Like, there's literally no spoilers to be found in this video yet. But, iron Fist. Yo, he probably comes out with his fist all glowing. Iron Fist, dude. Like, let's team up and fight. <laughs> all right. Next on the list at number four, we have Wolverine 36. We have Helverine, which was one of the biggest debuts of new characters at Marvel last year, ranking this week on the trending list. Before we get to it, though, we're giving away an amazing Spider-Man 300 this month. And we do a lot of giveaways on the show. And the only way you can qualify, although we do love it when you comment and like the video, and I should be telling you to do that or we're not going to pick you, but all you have to do is go to ComicTime101.com and sign up to our newsletter. That's it. If you put your email in there, we now have a way to contact you to make sure that you actually won the prize. And if you just go do that before the end of this month when we announce this giveaway, you'll also be entered in for any other giveaways we ever do ever in the future ever. So it's really easy. ComicTom101.com. It will ask you when you get there. You want to sign up for the newsletter? If you can't figure that out, then, you know, you don't deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> Number four. Well, we've already introduced the book here at the list. We have Helverine, 
in $20 average sales. It's an increase of copies sold of 300%. We've been talking about it a lot. A lot of members are now pulling the trigger if they didn't do it last year because so many other fellow members were. It $100 heights at a 9.8. Cover A's, we're typically looking at $40 to $50 at best for a new title. Seeing it go for double, triple that is absurdly strong. And this last week, we saw a $150 9.8 high sale hot damn. There doesn't seem to be any new news about this character, but it is still a 300% increase in copies sold. Wolverine, Ghost Rider, two great tastes that taste great together. Really, this is one of those things that it's a cool character, and I'm very, very excited to see more of him in the future. Marvel's been doing this like character change up a lot. And I mean, we have Benjamin Percy ending his run on Ghost Rider, which has been excellent with issue number 21. And Johnny Blaze, no longer the spirit of vengeance. Look over with Moon Knight, the death of Mark Spector restarting with a new number one and a new fist of Khonshu. I don't care. You don't care? They lost me. I dropped Moon Knight after the whole death and resurrection thing. You're getting better, Ryan. The hood's kind of interesting. I Maybe he'd be cool with some spirit of vengeance stuff, but I, I loved that Ghost Rider run. I'm not ready for that to be over. It's already over, so I don't know. You lost me, but Marvel does seem to be doing this a lot, and it feels kind of like they're out of ideas when you're just smashing these things together. And I'm sure Helverine's cool. The community seems to agree and disagree with me, but Helverine was kind of made in the lab to irritate me to my core. I'm going to move on. Daredevil number 11 is here at number three. We've got the Muse. We haven't talked about this guy since, like, last summer. I'm excited to see him back on the list, though, because that bodes well for the future. I have a fun little story to share with the community about Charlie Cox and this character. But before I do, I want to tell you, you can support the show directly. We'll send you comic books every single month, $34.99. We have two guaranteed exclusives going out in our monthly box, and they are outstanding. Our first, John Jang cover. Spider-Gwen Smash, issue number one. It's gorgeous. And we also have a Raph Corsetti, Batman 121. That's the first appearance of Mr. Freeze that we brought back to press with the former art director of God of War, now art director of Netflix. How he has time to do covers for us, I don't know. We love you, Raph. The deadline to sign up for this and every mystery mail call is the 15th of every single month. So your time is running out. I would go to comictom101.com and sign up. Before you forget, it is $34.99 if you sign up for a monthly recurring order. If you just want to try it out one time, that is $39.99. But either way, both options are available. And we're open for international members. We have Daredevil number 11. It's hitting $20 average sales. An increase of copies sold to 460%. Daredevil has had a lot of shakeups in the last year. So last summer when Daredevil Born Again was paused due to the strikes, Kevin Feige took the time to check in on that show, see how everything was going, and apparently he was not pleased, and they sort of cleaned house over there. They got a brand new like showrunner, new writers. They brought on a guy from The Punisher to kind of bring in a new view onto Daredevil Born Again, which is inspiring to me because it implies that that older era of the Netflix shows are going to carry forward, which we kind of talked about a little bit earlier, too. Muse is a very dark villain. He makes art projects out of dead bodies. So this like serial killer narrative is kind of surprising to see show up on Disney+. Plus. I hope that the changeup that happened that Ryan just discussed doesn't imply that they're changing the villain that was rumored to be the main villain because we're also hearing a lot of kingpin narratives being intertwined in this upcoming Daredevil show that isn't slated till 2025. We have some time. But I do want to bring up an experience I had at the Canada Comic Con over this last year. I got to meet Vincent D'Onofrio, Charlie Cox, and John Bernthal. I teamed up with Kirby's Comic Art, which is the art reps of David Mack, to meet the trio from the Netflix era. And when I got to meet Charlie Cox and I got a couple signatures, I only said one thing to him. It was a very brief moment. And I said, 
I'm really excited to see you go up against the muse. And his response was, who have you been talking to? I don't know if that means that it's happening, but I think it is. Either way, we're seeing a 460% increase in copies sold. People are excited. I'm excited. I hope we get this dark version of Daredevil. And that brings us to number two with some Star Wars news. Hit the like and subscribe button. Comment fam, we need your support. We have to serve the algorithm gods. No one's liking our videos. We have Star Wars, The Mandalorian, issue number two. This is the first in-story appearance of the child, Grogu. This is hitting $5 average sales, an increase of copy sold of 233% because of movie news. This run of comics is a direct adaptation of The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. So if you're like me and you saw this book get solicited a couple of years ago and you think, why would I read this? I already watched this on Disney+. Plus. However, this is the first appearance of Grogu. If you remember in episode one of The Mandalorian, the original first episode of that show, it ends with him kind of pointing at the little baby carriage thing that Grogu's in. That's technically a cameo at the end of issue one. Then here you have issue two, the adaptation of the second episode when you get the full appearance of Grogu slash Baby Yoda. This is a beautiful Corey Andrews cover and a recent CGC 9.8 sale of $62, which seems really low considering that it was over $100 just last year. People love Grogu, and this announcement has been fantastic. We have Jon Favreau, who's going to be directing a Mandalorian and Grogu movie, and this is exciting Especially when you consider Dave Filoni is going to be doing his Heir to the Empire movie, which will probably focus on Ahsoka and Grand Admiral Thrawn, all kind of taking place within the same timeline and probably going to utilize a lot of the same characters. Makes sense that you would see this new addition to a movie slate amongst so many other canceled movies, probably because... The Mandalorian is like some of the best Star Wars anything that's happened since the Clone Wars. Yeah, it makes sense for them to spin off two separate movies out of this project. So uh, that leads us to number one, right? Are we just going to get right into it? There's a whole nother Mandalorian book to talk about. What a setup, Ryan. The number one most trending comic book in the world this week is Darth Vader issue number 20. But this is a Sprouse variant that features the Mandalorian and... Grogu on the cover, and this debuts prior to number two on the list, making it the definitive key first appearance on a standard size comic book of the characters. I believe there was a Peach Momoko Star Wars Insider that featured Mando and Grogu on the cover that technically came out before this, but that's a big magazine size thing. This is the first comic cover appearance of these guys, and I have this one. I subscribed to all these Sprouse variants for the Darth Vader run, so I just said it and forget it, and this just showed up in my pull box along with all my other books. I didn't even know it was cool. It's very cool. This is a really cool cover. We're seeing 567% increase in copies sold. It's the first Mando and Grogu. They're getting their own movie. They've already had three seasons of a TV show, so why not give them a movie? $15 average sales with nine eights hitting $65 as of late. Every Star Wars collector needs this. Oh, they absolutely do. And keep in mind that there is a gold-colored first print and kind of a silver-colored second print. There are out there. There are a lot of raw copies available on eBay, so don't overpay like the person that paid $540 for a CGC 9.8 back in July of 2022. That is the all-time high when the Grogu hype was super, super hot. So it's available. It's out there. Take a breath before you hit buy. Keep in mind the 9.8 ratio. If we have a low census count of 9.8s compared to the overall graded copies, it tells you that the book likely was printed poorly and handled poorly because they're hard to acquire in high grade. 
Not the case with this comic book. There are a total of 2,198 slabs on the census, and a total of 2,036 of them are 9.8. We're talking an affordable, awesome, key Star Wars book that's probably going to stay pretty affordable for quite some time. What do you think about this list? What do you think about these comics? Do you own any? Let us know in the comment section below. And as always, geek responsibly. Enough said. 